Hi, this is Brianna B. from Cleveland, Ohio, and you're listening to a Paranormal Chicks podcast. Creep it real and don't get scared. I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 134. And you just heard Brianna B. Sounds cute as could be. Oh, see what I did there? See what I did there? Poet didn't know it. Hmm. She also said that we are the first podcast that she ever subscribed to. Blows my mind. How you found us, girl? (laughs) Let us know. (laughs) If you want to be like Brianna... Head on over to patreon.com forward slash the APC podcast. Okay, the first one is mostly paranormal with history. Hey girls, here's a short story and history of the Bruce Mansion. There was a string of fires throughout the late 1800s, like the Great Michigan Fire or the Great Thumb Fire, which spread over roughly 16 years and was spread from lower Michigan, I'm from the Thumb, to the UP. Upper Peninsula, I'm guessing? Question mark, question mark. Fun fact, those that live in the UP, above the bridge, are called Upers and mostly talk with an accent. We call them fucking Upers. Us, below the bridge, in the Lower Peninsula, are referred to as trolls, which I will claim as I dislike people and would rather stay home and not do my hair and just watch TV and yell at people to get off my damn property. That's funny. And also, you were right. Upper Peninsula. Look at you. This particular mansion was built in 1876 by a Scottish immigrant, John G. Bruce. Not to be confused with John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. Nobody confused that. In 1881, a fire destroyed nearly all of Brown City, but the mansion was mysteriously spared. In the early 1900s, a woman named Cynthia Smith purchased the mansion and later died in it. It was around this time that the Bruce Mansion began serving as a host site for local funerals. In the 1920s, a man named John Walker and his wife moved into the mansion. Walker's wife left him in 1925, and he was found dead inside his home less than a year later. There is no cause of death listed on his death certificate. Legend has it that Walker hanged himself in the highest tower of the mansion. With its string of on-site resident deaths and its history as a funeral parlor, the Bruce Mansion has been a hotspot for paranormal exploration throughout the years. Amateurs and paranormal investigators alike have reported plenty of frightening activity. We have a prankster ghost who likes to try to open the door on men who are using the restroom, said investigator Suzette Parling. They will hear the doorknob jiggle, and then there's no one there. This house used to be used for haunted houses each year, but once someone bought the home, it's no longer open for Halloween mayhem or private tours. They plan to restore the house and live in the residence. I like local history and have a few more stories for you guys. I hope to get these to you soon. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Kaylee. I wonder how much stuff they experience in that house. Like, Did they cleanse it, or they just like, no, 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 we like the ghosts. Carry on. <laughs> right? Oh, I don't think I could buy something like that. No, I couldn't. For my residence. For just the fun of it either. Hell no. <laughs> 
Okay, this one is Adventures in House Sitting. Hey again, ladies. I finally got the nerve to send the stories my father told me growing up about his childhood. I read what I wrote to him, and apparently he was impressed with my memory of what he told me way back when. I only got a couple of things wrong. One being the cousin that he foresaw passing did not pass right after the accident, as I had thought. He held on for a couple of weeks before passing. And the phone call came after his passing was picked up by my aunt. And as she reached for the receiver, my father said it was bad news. When she got off the phone, she gave my father a dirty look before letting the rest of the household know what had happened. Imagine going to pick up the phone to have a child tell you it's going to be bad news. Would you pick up? At the end of my last email, I said I might write about some of my adventures in house sitting and seeing as I'm currently sitting at the kitchen center island of one of those houses I sit for, I thought why not tempt fate and type up some experiences that I've had, some in this very house. What could go wrong? Everything. Literally everything. (laughs) The family that I'm currently sitting for, who are also my cousins, have lived in four houses since I started sitting for them, three in which I have actually watched overnight. The first house, I never really noticed anything of note. I may have felt like I was being watched once in a while, but I chalked that up to being alone in a large house that I didn't spend much time in any other time besides when sitting. The second house is a different story. I only sat for them maybe two or three times while they lived there. It was the last time in that house that made me feel like there was more going on than the feeling of being watched. I got there one night and started to settle in for the night, check on the pet food, water, let the dogs out to do their business, and picked a movie to watch until it was time to pass out. It started with the dog, Ellie, rushing to the front door several times in an hour or so, barking her head off. I thought, okay, people are getting home from work or leaving for the evening since it was a Saturday night, and the neighborhood wasn't too far from some popular bars. I was walking around getting everything ready to start the movie for that evening when the power in the half the house went out. That had never happened before, and I didn't even know where the breaker box was. So I did the most logical thing. I called my mommy for help. <laughs> she came and found the breaker box, looked everything over, and couldn't find a reason why it would switch off to begin with. Okay, that's odd, but shit happens. Once the movie was over, it was time for bed. I was sleeping on the couch at this house for some reason or another, and it had an open floor plan. Living room was in front of the kitchen, and the dining room was to the side of the kitchen, kind of in an L shape. From the couch, you could see the front door, back door, kitchen, and dining room. Ellie had been sleeping at my feet on the couch or on the floor beside me up until this night. At some point in the middle of the night, she decided to lay on my thighs. Not the most comfortable spot for a dog about half my size to decide to sleep for the night, but I could deal, I guess. It started with her shaking and letting out a little growl. Then she would sit up on my legs and start barking at the back of the house. I thought it might be the back door neighbor making noise that she could hear and I couldn't since the yards were very small and butted up together. Then she just started moving her head like she was watching someone walk from the dining room to the living room and back again. This went on until sunrise. That was the time I felt it was safe to get the fuck up and out of there. 
I went to my own home and got some sleep before going back to their house and getting all the stuff I had left there. With my mommy, of course. She's a real hero of this story. My cousin decided to stay another night wherever they were and ask if I would mind spending another night there. I kindly declined to stay there another night, but would go back and check on the animals several times throughout the day. I started carrying a little bag with protective crystals when house-sitting ever since that night. My Wiccan friend made suggestions on the crystals, and I feel it has helped. The third house, I never stayed the night because my cousin thought it was the living people scaring me, I guess. He did ask me to let the dog out from time to time when they were out of town, but not to stay the night. Cool. Fine with me. I ain't much into pacing ghosts in the middle of the night anyways. (laughs) Now we're on to the fourth and current house. My cousin gave me the grand tour the first time I sat for him here and pointed out how safe this house was with being in a gated community and having security cameras and so forth and so on. This is why I feel he thought I was scared of someone breaking into the house, not the ghost getting its 10,000 steps in for the day. (laughs) I pointed out that it wasn't the living that scared me the last time. He ignored that comment and went on showing me the house. He agreed once a while back that the second house was haunted, but he doesn't seem to remember that now. My cousin has had me stay here four times in the past three months, I think. The first few nights I stayed here, I did not have my little bag because I left it at my family's new lake house to keep my room there clear of things. It isn't working as good there, but that's another story. The first time staying in this house without my bag, I woke up to seeing black figures swirling in the air above my head. Yep, need to make a new baggie. Definitely need to make a new baggie. My Wiccan friend had told me how to put a field of light around myself for protection, so that's what I did. I closed my eyes and pictured a glowing light around me and focused on expanding the light to cover Ellie and filling the room. When I finally opened my eyes again, I couldn't see the figures anymore. Okay, let's hope that worked or my imagination ran away with me and they weren't there to begin with. I did manage to fall back asleep that night and woke up once more. This time, there was a person made of light at the foot of the bed. They looked to be smiling at me, and I didn't feel anything bad from them. I actually felt pretty safe with them there. So I sleepily thought that they were there to make sure the dark, swirly things stayed away, and I was cool to that. Back to sleep I went. I have a new baggie of protective crystals that have some sage and lavender in there too. It seems to be working so far, except that I just realized I forgot it this time. Cool. Love that for me. I've had it with me the last few times I've stayed at this house and haven't experienced anything, so I will be grabbing it for the rest of this house-sitting week. So let's hope it continues to work. I just realized how long this is getting, and not to mention my iPad that I'm typing on is acting up, so it might be a good idea to end story time. Clear my mind before bed and hope for the best. Creep it real, Christina. P.S. You and the community you have created are the best. I love seeing how caring and supportive people in your Facebook group are. Between the funny memes, someone posts about having a hard time and they are swarmed with love and support. You girls created that space for people to feel like they belong and are safe to share and you should be proud of that. Thank you for creating this community. Keep up the good work. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, thank you. That really means a lot. You need like a go bag for your crystals. Like, yeah. I don't know. You need a, a travel one and a house one. Yeah, I was going to say you need multiple ones. I mean, I know that's expensive, but like, girl, 
it's your sanity. It's your safety. Say, you got to do what you got to do when you got to do. <laughs> do they have good snacks, your cousins, though? Because they better if I'm having to deal with the damn ghostly apparitions swirling oh my. around my face <laughs> interrupting my fucking sleep they better have some good fucking double stuffed oreos with milk Damn. chips ahoy for me no ma'am because in your finger you get it dirty like in the milk i put a lot in and then i crush it all gross. up i know it's very gross and then i drink the milk even though i don't you're like nasty milk, and then i eat the mushy cookie at the bottom Ooh, no you get double stuff so that you can use your fork in the stuffing to hold it in there and then your fingers never get wet and cold yeah i don't like milk with oreos well you're weird when i was a kid <laughs> my grandpa would make us um coke floats and he would crunch up uh chocolate chips in the bottom oh like chocolate chip cookies oh yeah it was very good Okay, the next one is called The Woods. Hi, ladies. It's your sleep-deprived nursing student, Cindy, again from Indiana. I finally made it through with your help, and I'm now studying for my state boards and thought I'd send in a story from this summer to break up studying. Ah, good luck. That's me. She didn't say that about herself. (laughs) Here's some background for this story. Back in March, before I went into lockdown for COVID, my boyfriend and I purchased a summer place about three hours south of us on the Ohio River. Okay, bougie, two stories. The last one had a lake house. These people have a summer home. We are not living right, Donna. (laughs) No. This is a small resort, air quotes around resort, in the middle of nowhere. So it gets dark with campers and trailers and a ton of boat docks. Most of the residents are retired snowbirds, Florida for winter, and home in Indiana for summer. And the quiet time is at 10 p.m. Our trailer is at the back, and the back of the trailer and deck extends into a thick woods, and the end of the trailer is a good 20 feet off the ground, held up by walls. This is important. Okay, so now to the actual story. Sorry, I had to set the scene. Back in June, we were working on remodeling the kitchen in our place, so we invited my boyfriend's younger brother to stay with us so he could help. My boyfriend and son were exhausted and went to bed early, so his brother and I decided to make drinks and go sit on the deck and hang out for a while before bed. Some time passes, and it's about 2 a.m., and we are nice and buzzed when we start hearing loud rustling coming from the woods. We both shrug it off, thinking it was just an animal. All of a sudden, his brother shushes me with a panicked look on his face. My butthole clenched, and I start to freak the hell out. He points at the end of the deck into the woods. Remember, this is 20 feet off the ground. I look over, and in between the boards of the deck, there are eyes glowing and looking at me. Hell no. Nope. My drunk ass was getting up slowly to run into the house and crawl into the bed and have my boyfriend protect me. When his brother got up and started walking towards it. Oh my God. What did he say? Hold this. Watch this. Here, hold my beer. Literally. (laughs) He obviously has never seen a horror movie in his life if he thinks this was a smart thing to do. When he gets to the end of the deck, he starts laughing. Uh, excuse me. What could possibly be funny? Turns out a baby raccoon thought he'd take the challenge and climb to the bottom of the deck and check things out. IDK how the little guy did it, but he was hanging on for dear life. I took that as my sign to get my ass to bed while his brother still cracking jokes about how I was going to run away and leave him to the boogeyman in the woods. 
Thank you guys for being the absolute best and giving my son and I hours of laughs and scares and for creating a place where I always feel welcome. I have some stories from when I worked night shift on the cardiac intensive care unit at the hospital that I'll send in later. Wish me luck and maybe I'll be a licensed nurse by then. Love, Cindy. Oh my gosh. One, I love a raccoon, but oh my gosh. You do love a raccoon. I do. I really do. Meanwhile, see, I would be the one in the bed. You, <laughs> Cindy, you are my sister, and I would be the one wanting to go to bed, and she'd be like, hang out with me. Just come sit with me. <laughs> and I'd be like, I just want to go to bed. Yeah. Also, I love raccoons, but uh, not not at night. Not when they're on the, the porch, and I don't know that they're on the porch. With their beady eyes glowing at you? Uh-huh, yeah. I don't, mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay. Hello, Carrie and Donna. My name is Anya. I absolutely love y'all. My mom got me obsessed with y'all's podcast. I've been listening to it for the past two weeks. Anyway, my family has always been able to see ghosts and things like that, so I have some stories to tell you guys. My mom introduced us to this app called Ghost Communicator, and we would all sit outside and play with it and talk to the app. We all thought it was a fun little fake app until one night my parents went out and it was just my brothers and me at the house. We heard the garage door open and our mom called Bryce's name and we went out to check and their car wasn't there. So we called them and asked what they needed and they were still out and hadn't come home. My mom, Anna, went to sleep and woke up at some point in the night to a man standing in front of the window on my dad's side of the bed. She got super annoyed with my dad and asked him what the hell he was doing, and he sat up in bed next to her and asked who she was talking to, and we still have no clue who she saw by the window. This is my most terrifying experience. I had gone to bed around 11 p.m., and I started to have these horrible nightmares, and then it leveled up. The dream started with my family and me in our home, and someone broke in and shot every single one of us. We're a family of five in the head, and somehow I survived and watched my family die. Then it switched to my family and me running from some lunatic who would pick us out one by one and torture and kill us. I watched every member of my family die, and I screamed when I was grabbed, and then the dream just switched. In this dream, we were all tied up, and first, this man grabbed my brother Bryce and killed him and then grabbed my mom and killed her, and I screamed to myself in my dream to wake up four times and that it was just a dream. I screamed a fifth time and finally woke up. When I woke up, I bolted straight up and was covered in sweat and crying. I looked over at my full-length mirror, and there was a dark figure, and I could tell it was a little girl. As soon as I looked at her, she got on all fours and crawled slash ran to the foot of my bed, and she was facing the wall. She put her hands on the foot of my bed and slowly turned to face me, and when she did, she smiled that big, creepy smile and had red, glowing eyes. I noped right out of my room and downstairs crying. Luckily, my mom was still awake and we ended up both falling asleep on the couch because there was no way in hell I was going back to my room. I haven't seen her since and I can tell you with confidence, my butthole has never puckered that hard in my life. I was 16 at the time and I'm now 18. Okay, 
This is Bryce. I wanted to get in on this and tell you my experiences. So I was sitting in my room playing my Nintendo Switch on my TV, and I thought I heard my mom call my name. So I go out of my room and see someone walk into her bathroom. So I yell, what did you say? And I hear her yell from downstairs, what? And I said, wait, you're down there? I felt a huge shiver run down my spine. So I ran downstairs and sat on the chair and explained what happened to her. Let us know if you want to hear more stories. We have a ton. Creep it real, but don't get scared. But let's be real. We all are scared. Side note from Bryce. I don't like explaining what smegma is to my mom. <laughs> uh, oops. <laughs> P.S. We don't mind if you say our names. We would love to hear our names in the podcast. <laughs> That's hilarious. Sorry, Bryce. I remember that story now. (laughs) Oops. I love that y'all are a spooky family. I mean, I don't want the nightmares or anything, you know, but no. And uh, the girl crawling on all fours. No, 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 no. no. I know. Like when you read that part, I was just sitting here going, nope, nope, absolutely fucking not. Nope, nope, nope. I got 99 problems and a bitch crawled on my floor ain't one of them. (laughs) Thank the good Lord. Okay, the next one is called Home Invasion, or so I thought. Hey, you guys, feel free to use my name. My name is Amanda, and I have a very interesting story for you guys. It's semi-long, so I'll go ahead and jump right into it. About a month ago, I was dog and house-sitting for my aunt's friend while she and her family went on vacation. I was there for a total of four nights. The first three nights, nothing happened, but the last night, something happened that made me weary of ever house-sitting again. Well, if this episode's taught me anything, I ain't ever fucking house-sitting. No! I was in the guest room asleep with two of the dogs laying next to me. The puppy was in the living room. I was about to start my new job in the morning and had to be up at 4.30 a.m. I woke up at around 2 in the morning to take a sip of my water when I heard an odd noise coming from upstairs. I thought it was just the puppy or the house settling, so I attempted to go back to sleep, but all of a sudden, I hear what sounds like heavy boots running down the stairs. Now, I watch a lot of forensic files and criminal minds, both of which I thought would prepare me for a moment like this, but boy was I wrong. I literally just sat up in bed and could not even move. I didn't even want to breathe for the fear of the intruder hearing me hyperventilating. I felt tears start rolling down my cheeks as I realized that I didn't know how to defend myself should someone attempt to come into my room and attack me. The fear that I felt in this moment was truly indescribable. I thought I was going to get murdered. I got up and locked the door, all while trying to get the two dogs in the room with me to stop whining. I picked up the phone and dialed 911. I was in full-blown panic mode, but I still asked a 911 operator if I should put a bra on. I'm a large pizza, and I didn't want my titties flopping everywhere. (laughs) I mean, priorities. They told me no, as I didn't want to make any more sound than I had to. When the cops arrived, I saw blue lights out of my window and gathered the courage to sprint out the bedroom and into the garage, which was right across the hall. Of course, two of the cops were extremely hot, and I'm over here looking like a hot mess. The cops searched the house and found absolutely nothing. I was relieved, but still got out of there ASAP and met my coworkers at Waffle House around 3.45 a.m. 
Anyway, I don't know if it was a ghost or my mind playing tricks on me, but I will not be house sitting for a long time. Creep it real, Amanda. Oh my gosh. Yeah, not house sitting ever. Mm-mm. No, like never ever. Never ever. <laughs> and nor will I ask somebody to do it because it sounds like y'all go through some shit. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. And, of course, there's two hot cops. Well, I mean, you got to add insult to injury. Mm Mm-hmm. Hey, girls. I've recently started listening to your podcast and joined the Facebook page. I listened to my first Sinister Sightings episode today and wanted to share my paranormal experience with you girls. Picture it. College. I grew up in a pretty big tourist area in Missouri and, after high school, decided to stay in the state for college. The college that I went to, I later found out, was actually part of the wagon train stop and had been populated by Osage Indians. This isn't what she said, but the Osage tribe was in my Elmer McCurdy story. Recently, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, I know that. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, sorry. The campus is quite old, and one of the dorms on campus is known for its hauntings. This was an all-girls dorm that had been an all-girls school and named after its headmistress who founded it. She is said to still haunt there today. It was also a men's barracks and is said to have soldiers that frequent the halls as well. This dorm hosts ghost tours every year and has a few floors that are closed off during the rest of the year. The night my ghost story began was the night my sweetmates and I went to our first ghost tour there. Or maybe this is just when we decided to acknowledge what was haunting our dorm. After visibly seeing a shower turn on by itself and people getting touched, we quickly said, girl, bye. Then my personal pan friends and my extra large pizza ass went back to our dorm waddling as fast as I could. I had recently switched dorms to move in alone next to my friends as their suite mate. We always joked about hearing bangs and feeling cold spots, that it was a ghost, but we never actually thought anything of it. Someone jokingly that evening after getting back said, let's do an EVP session on our phone and see if we get anything. We asked basic questions like, is anyone here, etc. When we played it back, we basically shit our pants when we heard a rough male voice say, yes. After that, we were like, nope. And we all went back to our own rooms. I always have sensed spirits and energies since I was young and have seen a few in the past few years. Now, imagine finding out a girl three rooms down from mine had since she was a child as well. This whole thing would now start a ghost ping pong event where several spirits would bounce back and forth between our four rooms. There are a lot of stories, but I'll just tell a quick few. Our blankets would be tugged and one girl's bed would shake. One night, I woke up to a disembodied voice of a woman in my bathroom. No one was there. I would see smoky mist in my room, and no one showered alone because the doors would both unlock at the same time. We were not about to get molested or locked in by a ghost alone. We tried to communicate with them to see what they wanted and how many there were. We heard male voices, female voices, and even a child's voice when we said we were going to end the session, and it said, don't. I'm fairly certain there was a portal there and our asses were stuck. So much for my fun dorm move. There was another night where my sweet mate and I put a webcam in her room and left it to record. She had been complaining that her action figure kept being moved. 
I was like, okay, if this is actually a thing and you aren't messing with me, let's put up a cam and the doll and watch. Sure enough, after coming back from dinner, we went and replayed the recording. This is when my soul left my body. You can see the doll begin to shake and actually move. The last straw for us was when we were playing with a video app, our voices in helium mode, and my friend said, I need you to look at something. The video was of us talking, like I said, in our bathroom that connected our rooms with the light coming in from her room. There is a sudden flash on the screen. When we replayed it, you can actually see what looks like to be a large, I would say six foot tall shadow figure quickly go in front of the door and block out the light into the wall. Needless to say, we usually slept in pairs and with movies playing and the lights on. We all moved out after that semester and I still get chills talking about it. I didn't include we had a paranormal team come in or the possible possession that I witnessed. If you guys like this, I will write those two events in for another Sinister Sightings. Rebecca. Whoa. Send all that shit in because uh, I got to know. Plus, I always wanted to be able to say my sweet mate. I know. Sorry, my GPA was too low. We couldn't get in those dorms. (laughs) It's all right. We're better people because we went through the living hell that we went through. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know why y'all go looking for shit. Doing an EVP, doing all these things. No, thank you. Mm Mm-mm. You just want, like, happiness is bliss. Ignorance is bliss. Oh, when that's it comes what I to, mean. Yeah, when it comes to ghosts. <laughs> happiness is bliss. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thanks, Captain. <laughs> I can't even blame that one on my mom. No, that's just you. <laughs> okay, the next one is a true crime story. Hey ladies, I just found your podcast a couple of weeks ago and I have been binging old episodes. I love the podcast. I'm caught up on only two other podcasts I listen to, true crime ones, and I'm so excited now whenever I have to drive somewhere and have a chance to keep listening. I love that you incorporate paranormal too, as I'm horror and paranormal obsessed, but never found a paranormal podcast I liked before. Plus, I'm from up north and love your accents. They remind me of me and my friend I used to work with who moved to where I'm from in Oklahoma several years ago. She moved back to Oklahoma now, but Donna's voice is almost an exact copy of hers. Anyway, I wish I had some paranormal experiences to share, but I don't. Like you ladies, I wish I could have paranormal experiences, but then again, I don't. So here's my true crime story. You can use my name, but I'm going to keep my city and state, and the people involved anonymous because this is a very sad unsolved mystery, and I know it's still raw for the family. This did not happen to me, but I remember it vividly, and it still bothers me. Back in June 2000, I was graduating middle school, and this beautiful 30-year-old mother of two, we'll call her Danielle, went missing. She had been married for 14 years, and it was reported that they had a volatile relationship. She told people that she was going to file for divorce and had filed a restraining order against her husband, we'll call him Luke, several years before she disappeared. Luke took her to a doctor's appointment in town about 30 minutes away, and she never made it back home again. He told police they had gotten in an argument on the way home, and she demanded for him to pull over and let her out of the car, so he did. He said he drove down the road a bit before deciding to go back for her, and she was gone. He figured she would find her way home, so he didn't file a missing persons report until the next day. Yeah, okay, buddy, sure, good story. 
They searched that whole area for a long time with helicopters, dogs, you name it. They said they checked every inch, but police and her family have said although they searched the arrow thoroughly, they believe she was never there. They think that she's back in my hometown somewhere. They did confirm that she made it to the appointment, but that was the last confirmed sighting of her. Her sister said she never would have taken off without telling her. They were close, and Danielle had told her she had plans. She was getting a divorce, keeping the house and the kids, and Luke would have to move out. Everyone said she would never leave her kids. Her kids were 10 and 13, and I remember hearing that they went to my school, but I didn't know them. I still remember seeing her picture everywhere for years. I can picture it clearly in my head to this day. There were missing flyers up everywhere around town for a long time. And everyone in town knew her husband killed her. They just couldn't prove it. He was never formally named as a suspect or arrested. I heard people saying for years how he definitely did it, and I remember feeling so bad for her kids. Imagine losing your mom at 10 or 13, and worse, not knowing where she was, if she was okay or even alive. Or even worse, having to live with your dad, whom everyone says killed and got rid of her body. I never heard a single person defend him, not even playing devil's advocate to entertain the idea that she took off. But is that what he told his kids, that their mom abandoned them, or let them worry that some sicko took her and did God knows what with her? I feel so bad for the other family members too, her sister, who knew in their bones that Luke killed her, but they can't find any evidence or have him pay for it in any way. He just gets to go about his life. Anyway, fast forward 17 years in 2017, it's all over the news that they are digging up people's yards near where Danielle and Luke lived when she disappeared. Back in 2000, that area was all wooded and since been developed into new neighborhoods. The police confirmed they were looking for Danielle's remains, but wouldn't say what the break in the case was. My friend's dad is a longtime police officer in my city, and he always gives us a scoop. Turns out, a man came to the police station and told them that 17 years ago, right around the time she went missing, he was a little boy and lived a few houses down from Danielle. One night, he looked out the window and saw a man carrying a woman with brown hair into the woods. He told his dad what he saw, and his dad told him, mind your own business. Shock face emoji. It must have eaten him alive all those years, and he finally got the courage to go to police. Maybe his dad passed away. Who knows? Now I have kids. I would have been scared to have them snitch on a guy who is clearly aggressive and probably murderous. But damn, stay anonymous, but say something. That poor family. Side note, this guy came forward and gave the tip. None of that is public knowledge. All the articles I found say that the police said they couldn't comment on the investigation, but like I said, I got the inside scoop. That's part of the reason I'm keeping this story anonymous. Glad that man finally came out with it, though. They never found anything, unfortunately. It's still unsolved to this day. My friend's dad, the cop, told us during the day that they were digging that they were 99% sure that her remains were there somewhere. They just had to find her. I hope they do someday. I hope the scumbag husband has had a miserable life and his kids and family shun him like the plague. I hope Danielle haunts the shit out of him. Thank you guys for reading. Keep up the great work and creep it real and don't get scared. Ashley. That's freaking wild. How do you do that? How do you go about your life when you have hurt the mother of your children? I don't know. Well, and I'm just thinking about like the other family members. If they think he did it, like how do you live like that? You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Oh my God, that's, oh. I don't understand how people can commit a crime like that and not have an upset stomach the rest of their life. I mean, if I just think that somebody misunderstood me, my stomach hurts. <laughs> no, I know. Gosh, I hope her and her family do finally get some resolution. Some peace and some answers. And like you said, those poor kids. Because let's just say that he didn't do it. You know, devil's advocate. You know, I got to do it. <laughs> but I, I literally know nothing of the story. So, you know, who knows? But like, let's just say he didn't do it. They've lived their entire life with this cloud. Like, maybe they think that their dad did it. Maybe they don't know, but they know that everybody else thinks. You know, it's like, yeah. how do you move on? Like, how do you live day to day with your your dad's like, take out the trash? Or like, you killed my mom. Like, right? how do you live day to I'm assuming that he still has the custody. But it's like, what the fuck? Because there's no reason for him to not have right. custody. He's never been charged. He's never done this. He's never blah, 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 blah. Right. Gosh. There was a story similar to that on, I don't know, one of the hundreds of shows that I watch as I go to sleep. And it was like, they knew that they did it. They couldn't prove it. There was no fucking body. And meanwhile, they were buried under the garage the whole time. Oh, my gosh. And it wasn't like until the house was sold and all of that that it was found. Wow. All right. Last one. Spooky happenings in my classroom. Hi, ladies. I know you hear this all the time, but I love, love, love you guys. You keep me entertained while getting ready for work and after work when I'm getting stuff prepped for the next day or week. Anyway, I haven't really had anything too spooky happen to me. Just little creepy things that have happened since I moved to a small town in Nevada for a teaching job. I work as a pre-K special education teacher. Our school building was very old and just gave off some creepy vibes when you were alone. My very first year in the room, seven years ago, I was working one-on-one with a kiddo. He looked at me and he said, there's another teacher in here. There wasn't, so I asked him where. He responded with, she's over there by your pewter, computer. She's wearing a white dress. Second year in the district, we had a new elementary school built in the place of the old building. My students would always talk about a boy named Nick. There was no one named Nick in our class. He would hide in the bathroom in our classroom, I think to scare the kids, but not in a mean way, like he was playing. When we moved to a new room, he followed us there. He made his presence known by moving toys, turning off lights, and cold spots in the room. I think the creepiest thing that has happened so far is one day I was taking milk count, and I asked a little boy who was playing if he wanted milk. I heard a little boy whisper in my ear, I want milk. And no one was next to me. Uh Uh-uh. The last thing that has happened is getting uneasy feelings when I'm in the building alone. Coworkers report the same feeling, like being watched, like, why are you here kind of feeling. One day after school, I had an overwhelming feeling that I needed to get out of my room, like needed to leave ASAP. I talked to a coworker who is sensitive to that type of stuff the next day. She came into my room and was like, yeah, there's a female presence in the room and does not like that there's another teacher in here. Well, that's all. Sorry for such a long story, but I thought I would share the little things that have happened. Felicia. Well, if that spirit does not like another teacher in the room, then get up here and do it yourself, man. <laughs> You come wipe their butts. You come wipe their noses. 
I'll sit back here and have a cappuccino. I don't what know. What a weird. I know, but you know, it just came to me. <laughs> okay. Teachers already do all the things for no pay. So uh, don't be adding in what, what apparently the insult to the injury is like the theme of this thing. <laughs> I don't know. But don't be adding to the stress. Of the yeah. already, she's she's got to prep for a fucking week. No, thank you. <laughs> she's got to do milk count. I had to understand what that was. I know. I'm like, who wants a fucking milk? <laughs> You're like, I want chocolate. Well, don't we all? <laughs> that would totally be me. I didn't. I don't like white milk. That was very loud. How I said, don't we all? <laughs> You're I'm very sure. hostile to. Well, to I'm where sure this goes. they probably fucking want her to open it too. Well, ghost, can you help a sister out? <laughs> I was very particular how I needed my milk carton open. Yeah, of course you were. You probably were too. No, I wasn't. Unless it ripped and then it would get that kind of hairy Oh God, thing. yes. Oh God, I, oh. Nightmares, nightmares. I would open the other end then. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I want like on Kindergarten Cop, I need a straw in my milk. Oh, no. Like, like a milk carton. I mean, I guess. I'd be down with that. I could do it. <laughs> Thank y'all so much for sending all these stories in. They were amazing. Keep them coming. Y'all always leave us with teasers. If you want more, of course we want more. Yes. uh, I turned into a pirate for it. (laughs) (laughs) Of course we want more. Keep them coming. If you want to send in a story, send it into aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.